Shallowy driving it toward the back post for Zussi, who puts it back across, and Shelton slots it home! Zussi can have a hit from here, he does, and Graham Zussi re-elect! Graham Zussi! Shallowy knocks it in! The Hungarian assassin has given Sporting KC the lead! It's Russell! This is the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Presented by Michelob Ultra. Enjoy a Michelob Ultra today. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And by Casey's own CBD American Shaman. Score yourself free samples of great all-natural CBD products at a CBD American Shaman near you. CBD American Shaman. Everything is better with the feather. Now your host, Nate Bucati. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB, wherever you get your podcast, wherever you stream your video content. We appreciate you joining us uh, in HD. If you're, uh, if you're, I'm assuming that's an HD <laughs> camera. Jordan told us it was really a nice camera. Jordan so Spacer. Very, very excited about that. Uh, we are presented by Michelob Ultra. Hopefully you can see that if you're watching the video. Our beautiful Michelob Ultra cans here. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. I am joined on my left by Allie Trost. Allie, how are you? Allie Trost. Martin. <laughs> that's going to take a while. That's going to take I know. But you have I to know. understand that Kelly is still Kelly Howell in my phone 15 years later. I get it. So uh, she'll always be the girl I was trying to date, so <laughs> that's the way I look at it. So, Allie Trost Martin, fresh back from the honeymoon. I, yeah, back to reality. I, it feels like the last three weeks like flew by just with yeah. you know, pre wedding, wedding, honeymoon, but um, it was all very lovely. And you guys were there? That was Man, fun. Yeah, um, Jacob Peterson on the other side, who was in attendance for the wedding of the century, by the way. It, it was fun. It, it certainly was. was. And, and the so rainbow was also a very yeah. nice touch. Double we, rainbow. We had that a was double special. rainbow. We had a lightning, electrical storm afterwards. Yeah, so some just, great pictures of, of you oh, guys yeah. like outside with those. Yeah. So that was really cool. Yeah. It, no, I mean, I just, yeah, I'm excited, and and the new name will certainly take uh, some getting used. I did a radio hit uh, for Springfield Station yesterday, and they introduced mm-hmm. me as Allie Trost Martin for like the first time, and I was like. Who's that? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, me? That's you. That's me. And uh, and I was listening to the post-game Zoom conference after Sporting's big win over Nashville, which we're going to get to in a minute, by the way. And we're going to talk with Felipe Hernandez, who scored uh, one of the two big goals for Sporting in the game, right in front of his family, right in front of his dad on Father's Day. We'll talk about all that stuff in a moment. We'll also preview this big Open Cup match against Union Omaha. That's all straight ahead. But then I, 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 I log on to the Zoom to listen to the coaches and players talk, and there's Allie Trost-Martin asking questions. I thought she was still on her honeymoon at that time. So we, we got back, like, late Friday, and I was watching the game, I, and, you know, I was like, I got questions. I'm hopping on. So maybe <laughs> I was just working when I didn't need to. But, uh, no, it was a great game, great win. Uh, enjoyed getting to watch you on the call or hear you on the call of that one from uh, Los Angeles. On Fox. That was fun. That was fun to get to do that for FS1. Yeah. um, Interesting calling a game from Los Angeles that's taking place (laughs) in Nashville involving Kansas City. Flying past Uh, Nashville. Not really. I don't know. Not really. Okay. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know where we are. (laughs) I flew away from Nashville. Flew away from Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. But hey, it was really really cool and exciting to get to do that. So let's get into it, guys. Sporting Kansas City. Two, Nashville one. I guess I'm supposed to do the other way around, right? Nashville one, Sporting Kansas City two. Uh, Sporting get the big goal from Felipe Hernandez from long range in the first half. 
Graham Zusi with that, you know, that, that patented left foot shot from the corner of the penalty area that uh, we've seen before. And then they hold on for dear life. We're going to get into the antics of Roger Espinoza on the penalty spot, all those things. But what was your biggest takeaway, Allie, from the, from the victory for Sporting KC? I think just a, a great team win. They looked really organized. I, I thought defensively they really limited Nashville from having many quality opportunities. And then Zero shots on goal for Nashville in the first half. Yeah, and then I think the other thing was just the fact that, you know, second game in a row they now score off a direct free kick. Uh, Felipe Hernandez with uh, a beautiful one there. We'll get his insight on that one. But, you know, then Graham Zussi, just, just incredible. And Sporting's now – only scored three goals from outside the box. All three have come in the last two games. So doesn't necessarily mean much in the grand scheme, but I, I just thought it was a great team win. And for them to go on the road, get that first road win uh, in the way that they did was was a good momentum builder now going through the rest of the month of June. What excited you most about the performance, Jacob? Well, I, I, there were a lot of things. Um, it, it was a, a really good win, as Allie mentioned. And i got to say, you were great uh, on the call. When I was watching, though, about – and no, no, it, here. it's not about you. It's, about, it's not okay. about you. I didn't have anything to do, right, because I got the, the day off. <laughs> so it's Father's Day, so, you know, we were at the pool hanging out, and I came back and turned it on, and I'm watching it, and my anxiety I, – I didn't have anything to do. Mm. So you know what? I, I had a few – Oh, multiple uh, Michelob Ultras, yeah, you got, which you helped hydrated. calm yeah. the nerves a little bit, there but especially right around that 60th minute mark uh-huh. like when Nashville scored and, yeah. and the momentum, the fans were involved. Um, but it was a, a great performance, I thought, um, especially defensively, right, and limiting Nashville those first 30 minutes or so. I mean, well, the whole first half, but those first 30 minutes especially, like Nashville didn't really have anything at all, and it was just excellent team shape and Graham Zusi, you know, mentioned that in in his post game press conference as right after he showed uh us a little cowboy. I'm just action, glad he right? wasn't laughing at my question as I was the one who yeah, did ask yeah. him and then all of a sudden he bursts out laughing. I'm like, was it something I said? Nope. But Daniel th- Shallowy, he's yeah. a cowboy. <laughs> but that's what impressed me uh, I think most. And Nashville has struggled a little bit to get wins at home, but they don't lose at home. Mm-hmm. Right? right? Obviously. And it was just that team shape that commitment to go on the road because I say it all the time guys and you guys know it but to go on the road it's not necessarily about playing the the best soccer it's about grinding out results and that's something that that this team really hasn't done this season in New York they did it but then in Nashville that was a big time performance I think and Felipe's goal was great you know a a whipped in ball you just kind of shape it to that back post right but that's good and all but his performance was excellent And, and I've I've said this before, but it's when he goes out and and presses a guy and forces that that uh, national player to play back, he immediately sprints back into that hole to keep that shape. And he led the team in distance and high intensity running. He he was an absolute beast out there in the midfield. Um, that was a takeaway playing back at home. How cool was that? And we'll get to hear him talk about that. But Graham Zusi's goal too. What a finish that was. And doesn't matter. Every year, every couple of years, Zeus is, is good for one of those. It, it was just an excellent, I think, overall team performance. And so many so many good, you know, it's one of those games that you can build off of mm-hmm. going forward, uh, and especially in the heat, just excellent, excellent result. So we got the Graham Zeusy for president from uh, Johnny Russell yes. during the postgame. 
Um, after the game was over, Ico Parra texted me and said, basically called me a, a chicken because he said, <laughs> if there wasn't national television, you definitely would have said Graham Zuzzi for president again. And that's probably true. But I will say that there were two things that went through my mind as soon as he hit that. I mean, obviously, all of us that have watched Graham play all these years, like at, when he had the ball, I remember I even said something about, like, he's got space to pick his head up here. And it's like, how do you back off of that guy in that spot? If you've watched him play, you know he can score with either foot from there if he wants to. And then as soon as he hit it, we're all thinking that looked just like the goal when I said that. But I'd already done the re-election thing last year in the playoffs, and I feel like this is a – I'm beating a dead horse now. If I, if I go back – there's only so many times you can go back to that call. And nobody watching on national television is going to know what the hell I'm talking about anyway. So I just yelled his name really loud. But, was it, but wasn't that included in that, like, Audi commercial? It's not like people wouldn't – That's true. It wasn't it, the Audi it, it commercial. It did make it national. Yeah, that's true. I don't know how many way. people remember that. But, uh, but it was – I mean, it's crazy how similar it was, though, wasn't it? I mean, in terms of the shot. He scored a lot of goals like that. It's crazy, like, looking back on just all of the clips of... Ten goals outside of the penalty area for Graham Zussi in his career, yeah, I think, is the number. It's wild. And it's either foot, right? Yeah, and that, yeah. That's yeah. the thing. He, he just... it's And it's not an anomaly. He does that in training, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just something that that goal in... I know he's got a bunch, but that goal when he was younger in Dallas, uh, catching, mm-hmm. I think it was Kevin Hartman out, but it, it was almost like that thing halfway through got even picked up more speed and went... He can just absolutely crush the ball, and, and I, I wasn't surprised at all when it went in. But uh, my daughter and I, we, we were watching it, and, and we were we were buzzing. We were well, happy. And Jacob, like you mentioned, I mean, just Felipe's whole performance. But he had a little run that opened up some space for Zusi, and Zusi called out that that movement from Felipe that helped kind of create even more space for him to get that shot off. And then you've got you know Nashville players trying to ret- retreat and get guys covered in the box, and that's all that Graham Zusi needed. The perfect like recipe for a disaster for Nashville, but you know a great a great another great goal for Graham Zusi. One of the things that stood out to me in the game too was you've you've covered Felipe and how much work he did outside of just the goal, but but you're talking about he he and Cam Duke playing in that kind of dual eight role for Sporting or whatever you want to call that formation this time around in the middle of the field against some veterans from Nashville. And I know that, that Cam had the mistake that led to the goal, but outside of that, I don't know. What did you think of his performance? It seemed to me like I felt like watching the game, and I'm watching two young guys who have come so far from the beginning of the season, if they were given that responsibility then compared to what they were able to do on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. I think both of them – and you guys mentioned this a little bit on the broadcast, but it it was, and I I say Felipe because he he's he's a little bit more defensive th- yeah. than than Cam is, but Cam was doing the the same type of stuff, maybe more of the attacking runs then, and, and trying to open up space there. But he was all over the field too, and, and to have those two guys, guys who are still full of energy, can can pour it all out there. But then I thought also Remy w- was excellent. Yeah. I mean, he, he had to get subbed out of last game. You know, he didn't yeah. train a lot this week. You didn't really know if he was going to play. And he went out there and, and played, what, 75, 80 minutes? I'm not exactly sure how, how long, but just grinded it out there. It was a big-time performance from him. And I think you could go down the line, though. I thought Fonte was excellent in the back with EC. I mean, so many good defensive performances that, that that's exactly what you need collectively as a group mm-hmm. to get results on the road. I wonder with – cam how much having to rotate positions over the last like month or so has maybe helped him even take a greater step because he did look 
like he took a significant jump in this last game. And, and I mean, this season he's been making a lot of steps, but I mean, I feel like switching positions is going to have <laughs> force you to accelerate uh, even Understand quicker. Understand the than, game yeah, from more angles, yeah. maybe. Yeah, I mean, from a guy who played everywhere on the field, I, I definitely think it it helped. But I also know at, at 21 years old, there's no way I, I was mature enough and, and smart enough tactically to to play that many spots as he is. So it definitely helps. Uh, I think going forward, of course, if you ask him, he'll probably say, "Yeah, I can. I'll play, do whatever you know best for the team." But ultimately, you do want to find one spot and, and try to stick to it. But he's good at. At, as a winger, as an outside back, and as a central midfielder. So it, I think he's still trying to figure out which, which spot he's at, but I think he can be in star, a starter at, at all three of those spots, which is awesome if you're a young player and if you're a sporting Kansas City fan. Okay, so wrap it up with this point. The, the, the craziest stretch of the game came when we thought we were going to have a penalty there, and Hani Mukhtar was standing at the penalty spot getting ready to take the penalty. Uh, first they checked. There were – I think that, that Nashville's biggest game plan at the end of the game was to draw a penalty. I mean, they were falling down in the penalty area a lot, and none of it was getting called. But then Wheel went down. There was contact. I think he was pretty ready to go down, but there was contact. They review that. Then all of a sudden, it looks like the check is complete. They set the ball down. The referee's there. Roger Espinoza comes over and wants to argue over whether or not the ball is actually on the spot or not. <laughs> he gets shoved Which out of the wasn't. box by, by, by McCarty, uh, Dax McCarty, and he gets a yellow card. And while that all takes place, then all of a sudden, I'm informed in my headset, they're checking this thing for offside. And all of a sudden, Victor Rivas, the referee, runs over and checks it, and they call off the penalty because of offside. I'm sure that, pe- that Tim would have saved the penalty anyway. But... I've had this question come to me several times, Jacob. I want to, I want to know your answer. Is Roger Espinoza's gamesmanship credited for getting that thing overturned? Does that thing go to review if he doesn't make that scene in front of the penalty spot? I, I mean, I have no idea, but it certainly gave the VAR referee some more time to, to look at it. So, for me, yeah, it, it certainly helped, and... and Hey, what's a yellow card to Roger? He's got plenty of those. So, I mean, that one, though, I think to definitely the best yeah. one of his career probably yeah, absolutely. is saving that, especially the way that it transpired. Yeah. But Softest and, one of his career, but the best one. Oh, it was a great I, one. I also love, like, on, you know, Twitter, obviously those are the moments in the game that you just get a lot of, like, tweets rolling through of people reacting. And, like, depending on how people feel about Roger Espinoza already, kind of informed how they <laughs> described what was going on, whether it was th- using the term gamesmanship or bleephousery was, you know, <laughs> yeah. just kind of – I just thought it was funny. But, no, it certainly I, – I, I'll say that it, it was a huge – it looked like they were ready to take that penalty, didn't it? I mean, I, I've i been yes, asked that question. I'm like, did. I'm not sure, but it sure looked to which, me like they were ready to go. Which, if you're in Nashville, then, are you like, why didn't you just put the ball on the spot? <laughs> and just go, like, you know well, what I mean? Well, are we sure that the ball was not on the spot? Yeah. Because I, I think I, don't, I, I, I have heard some sources <laughs> that it was probably on the spot. God love Roger Espino. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, I mean, some people can say, you know, you, that's this is the dumbest thing about sports, and some people can say this is the greatest thing about sports. I just thought it was fantastic. Roger is going to Roger is going to argue whether or not that thing is actually touching the white grass where the spot is. Legend, absolute <laughs> legend. That's one of my. I think that's going into my top five Roger Espinoza moments of all time, and that's saying something because yeah, he's got a he's long, got a long list of them. of them. Pretty great stuff. Well. 
Sporting Kansas City win the game. That's a big, big win on the road. It stops the 25-match home unbeaten streak by Nashville and another stadium in which Sporting go in and get the first away win of anybody, and there's something to be said for that. And now we'll see if Sporting can build off of it going forward. Uh, they up next have an open cup game, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But coming up next, we're going to talk with Felipe Hernandez. Scores a goal in front of his entire family, in front of his dad on Father's Day in his hometown in Nashville. So we had to talk with him. That's right after this on the Sporting KC Show. Sporting KC fans take pride in supporting the team both home and away. When flying to away matches to cheer on the team, or anywhere for that matter, check out the Kansas City International Airport's new terminal progress at buildkci.com. You're listening to the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. And we're back on the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB, wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you stream your beautiful video content. We have a brand new camera. I don't know if we're supposed to talk about that or not, but hopefully look we look even beautiful. better as the, 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 the guy running the camera, Jordan Burrell, is, uh, is all on top of these things and making us look as good as possible today. We're presented by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And we're, uh, we're joined now by the man of the hour, for Sporting Kansas City in more ways than one. He scored a goal from, what, 45 yards out, something like that, as uh, Sporting got a big road win against Nashville. We're going to recap all that as well. But Felipe Hernandez, Nashville native, uh, joins us on the show. Now, Felipe, how are you, man? I'm doing well. Um, it was great to be uh, in Nashville for a little bit, see my family and stuff, um, and obviously get three points on the road. That's the most important part. We're, we're going to get to – the mo we'll save the most important part for last. Talk about the team game and what it meant for you guys and all that. But it is, what a moment. I mean, uh, and, I, and I'm really mad calling the play-by-play -play because I didn't say something about you being from Nashville like right when it happened. And mm -hmm. I felt like that should have been like front of my mind. And then as soon as we kind of processed the goal and everything, it hit me. He's he just scored a goal in his in his you know in his hometown, and then our, our amazing uh, PR crew Kurt Austin and uh, and Sam Kovson texted me right away and said, "You realize this is only the second professional game Felipe's ever played in his hometown. He yeah. played in Nashville in the USL once, and he scored a goal both mm -hmm. times. So this is what you do: you go to Nashville, you score a goal. Is that basically how it works? I mean, I hope so. I mean, every time <laughs> we go to Nashville, I hope I can keep scoring. But yeah, it was. It was awesome to uh, score in front of family and, and friends that were all over the stadium. I mean, there's people that didn't even tell me they were going that, you know, when I was walking in, I saw them, you know, they waved and stuff like that. So it was it was a special moment. It was amazing. So how big was the Felipe friends and family fan section out there? That you knew about? Like yeah. The ones that you know. That I knew you. about? Um, my family was, was probably like 20 of them. Wow. Um, yeah. And That's then awesome. I, yeah. And then I had like, um, you know, high school friends, like, 10 15 that I knew about um and then yeah you know my family had friends that they invited and stuff like that so there was a there was a big crowd a pretty big crowd for me um which was exciting there was like a chain email that went out it's like come yeah, watch sure. a Facebook group made or yeah. something how many people you were you actually responsible for trying to help get tickets or did they have to were you just like hey you're on your own I gotta focus on the game um my parents they asked me to get as many as I could and yeah. um John Farrell did his did his best and he got me quite a few so um yeah, I helped as many as I could. So yeah. yeah, so one of the cool moments was seeing the 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 shot of you after the game going over to your dad because it was Father's Day. Yeah. I mean, so what was that moment like for you? It was, I mean, it was awesome. I, it didn't really hit me till I was on the plane um, coming home. Um, you know, everyone was, you know, the vibes are really high. Everyone was excited, 
and I was watching the video um, and it just like made me kind of emotional because I called him I talked to him and like I told you I was like he's not really a guy that enjoys gifts or anything like that he's like oh it's Father's Day oh, okay yeah thank you um, and then I told him um, yeah would you take a goal for uh, <laughs> for a present he was like yeah for sure that's the only thing I'd take and um, I hope you guys win as well and then you know, when I saw the ball skip in, the first thing, I, I knew they were up in the left kind of, but I couldn't see them. So I just kind of pointed up there, and uh, I don't know, it was just amazing. And then after after the game, when I saw the pictures and stuff like that, it just, I don't know, it made me feel really good. Did anything feel different on that set piece? You've taken a lot of those now this year, but, you know, you get the goal. Did anything feel different as you were lining up for that one? It was it was a weird spot because it was right in the middle, and it was 45, 50 yards out or whatever yeah. it was. And... I remember I, I didn't know what I was going to do. Like, as I was backing up uh, from the ball, I looked up, and we had a few players over here and a few players over here, and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do right, right now. And then from the corner of my – or from, from my ear, I hear Logan right behind me. He's like, Philly, just hit it on target. Something will happen. And I was going to curl it back post kind of towards Fonte and um, Kyrie, kind of clip it in. And then I was as I was stepping into it, I could see Kyrie and um, Fonte making a run like that. So I just try to hit it on frame towards there. And I was like, maybe they'll flick it. Maybe something will happen. And luckily, you know, they got in the way and it just skipped in. It's great to hear that that description because honestly, like as a as a play-by-play guy, when I'm watching these moments, you are you are trying to anticipate a little bit of what might happen because – that's one of the beautiful things to me about soccer is you really never know when right. the big moment's going to come, but you don't want to be caught off guard. Right. You don't want to be caught flat-footed. And I did not expect you to hit the ball with the kind of pace that you did. I guess in my mind I was thinking he's going to loft this thing in and see if somebody can you know, can put it back across goal or, or, or head it in. And, and I could tell that you – I mean, it, it almost looked like a shot, like it had right. all this pace on it. I don't remember exactly what I said, but I do remember thinking that. And, and one of the things you're always thinking as a play-by-play guy too, like sometimes when it's a cross or a set piece is, is that a shot or is that a cross? And sometimes there is a little bit of gray area if you're trying to put it in a dangerous area. And I, and I just remember being struck by he's hitting that thing low and with pace. And so I don't know if this is a shot or not. Right. And I think that's kind of what happened to Willis too, right? Like I think he saw Fontas coming out of the corner of his eye and froze because he thought Fontas was going to redirect it. Mm-hmm. And then when nobody touched it, it just, it just got past. I mean, it was beautiful. That's, I mean, that's, that's how it played out. Yeah. And that's what, you know, Peter Z and the coaching staff tell me to do, um, you know, from these wide areas, when I whip the ball in, put it on frame because anything can happen. You know, a little touch, Fonte could have even a little touch and it's in the back of the net as well. Um, or it skips like that in the goalie. It's just ho- so hard to react from a skip, a touch, anything like that. So, um, if you put it on frame, things can happen. Is that the farthest you've ever scored a goal from? At least professionally. I don't know. Anytime do you remember scoring a goal from farther away than that? I actually don't think so. I didn't realize it was that far until I saw the replay. And I was like, wow, that was, that was pretty far. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I just try to try to hit it with pace um, into, you know, a good area. And then it bounced in. So I couldn't really see it because where I was, it was so far. Yeah. I saw it skip, and then all the bodies were there, and then I just saw the net trickle, and then 
first thing I saw was Johnny put his arms up, <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. And I didn't even have time to, like, celebrate or anything, so I just put my arms up, and then I was looking up there to the corner of my family, so it was awesome. I love talking to players about, like, goals that they score because more often than not, the first thing that they say, because sometimes, like you said, you can't see it because right. the bodies are all these. So it's like, oh, I saw – this teammate's face or like their <laughs> celebration. So that's, that's really cool. But yeah. something I thought was interesting is, you know, you guys have only scored three goals from outside the box this year and all three have come in the last two games and you know, Kyrie's taken a shot from distance. I think oh. you had one as well. Has there been an emphasis put on, Hey, if you're in a, in a striking distance of goal, like let one rip. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what we've always, um, I mean, I think as attackers, we always have that in the back of our head, but I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I, I just think that, now we're getting the more more of confidence and, you know, take a touch, shoot, test the goalkeeper out, things like that, because anything can happen, a bobble, anything, a rebound, anything can happen. So um, I think we're getting the confidence. I think we've always had the confidence, but now we're just picking up on that and then, you know, just trying to score, trying to trying to shoot from wherever. So, Ali, I slid into Felipe's DMs. No, after, did you? Yeah, after the <laughs> after the goal. And I, I just, you know, to congratulate him and how, how cool of a moment I thought it was. And Felipe sent me a note back saying, hey, I was watching you on Fox. And uh, at the congratulations to you on getting a call a game for Fox, which was really nice of you, by the way, to uh, to acknowledge that. Because that that's exciting for me, you know, to get yeah, the chance to sure. do that. And the, and the reason I bring it up is because it is like you have a big moment in your career, whatever your career is you want to share it with people you care about and it was father's day so after the game was over i called my dad and i we had this like we don't usually have these like deep heartfelt conversations about things but i told him you know hey i'm here calling a game for fox in large part because you always encouraged me to believe in myself that i could do this someday and for most of my career, it would have seemed laughable that I'd be in Los Angeles calling a game on national TV, but I, I stuck with it. And one of the big reasons I stuck with it is because you always told me I could do it. And I want you to know that that matters to me, and I appreciate that on Father's Day. I want to tell you that. So now I want to ask you, what about your dad? Like, you know, can you give us a, a, an example? What, is he responsible for in any in any way for you – being there in that moment and scoring that goal and just having the career that you're having right now. Yeah, for sure. Him and uh, my mom as well. Um, you know, as we were driving to the stadium, I w we drove by places that I've played. Um, and I was trying not to get, like, emotional and think about all that before the game, but I just couldn't help it because I was seeing, like, you know, I used to play here as I was a kid and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, my mom and dad um, – you know, my dad would work, and then right after work would take me to practice, um, like, at 5, and then we'd get home at, like, 10 o'clock, and he'd have to get up at 5.30 in the morning. Um, and then on weekends, we'd drive down to Alabama, you know, Florida, Georgia, wherever it was. So he was constantly there, you know. He knew that that's what I love to do, and my brother as well. So they put the time in. They took us places. They bought us cleats, balls, everything paid for our – um, travel soccer team, our local team, things like that. And, yeah, they just knew um, that that's what I wanted to do and, and that's what I enjoyed doing. So they um, they pushed me to it, and, and they, were, they were always there for me. It's amazing, like, the perspective that you get as you get a little bit older, a little bit more life experience, and you realize, like, the sacrifices that your parents made. And even just, like you said, getting home at 10 and then waking back up. I'm convinced, like, growing up, my dad, I think, plugged himself in at night because there's <laughs> no way that that man had the, yeah. the energy to take care of four kids and be yeah. so involved in so many activities for us. Um, 
but what would you say your relationship with your dad as it relates to your professional career is like now? I mean, are, are you calling him after uh, a tough practice or when you do something you're really proud about, it, you know, on the field? Like, what, what's that like now? Yeah, it's I, – I have a really close connection to my mom, dad, and my brother. I call him every day after, you know, I think he gets off at like 5 o'clock, so I call him like at 7 or 8. Um, and, yeah, he just asked me about how training was. Um, how the game was, something like that. If if I have a good game, he'll call me like right after the game and I have to text him, I have to tell him, oh, we're still in the locker room, give me a little bit and then I'll call you back or something. But yeah, he, he's always there. There, you know, even if I have bad games, he um he's tough on me. He'll you know, he'll he'll tell me um, you know, the things that I should do, the things that um I could be better at and things like that, which I which I enjoy. I like from him because it's not always you know, just the good things. He points out the bad things as yeah. well. So um, that helps me out a lot. Now, how did you take that when you were a kid, though? Because when <laughs> I have those conversations with my son right now, I think a lot of times it's like, leave me alone, Dad. I'm, I'm not trying to be over negative. I'm just saying you could have done this a little bit better. Huh? Did you take it well as a kid, or did it take a while to come around to appreciating that? It took me a while <laughs> for sure. Um, my brother, he's really he's really a quiet guy. So um, so we'd play on weekends together. We played in the same uh, in the same club but different age groups. And my dad would, you know, he'd yell at us and I would, I would be, my dad always says this, he would be like, I would yell at my brother, at your brother and, you know, he'd get over it and then he'd be fine. But if you had a bad game, you guys lost, I couldn't talk to you because you'd be mad all day for the rest <laughs> of the day. And it's just funny to see that because it, it, yeah. it did take me a while. Like you were saying, as you mature, you start realizing, you know, the sacrifices and then how to take things and stuff like that. Yeah. So I want to go back to the drive to the – so were you with your family when you went to the stadium that morning or just on the bus with the team? I was with the team. Um, I saw my family the night before. Gotcha. So you're driving past these soccer fields you played on as a kid. There's a lot that has to go through your mind where you're thinking about everything that's happened in your career and your life and everything from then to now. If you, if you could go back – do you ever do you ever do this? Do you ever, like, go back and think, man – what would the 12-year-old me think right now if he saw me do this? Because, like, the 12-year-old you would be like, you're doing it, man. Yeah. Like, I, I, everything that, that he dreamed of back in those days, right? Yeah, for sure. I think it was at halftime. Um, we were waiting for the kickoff, and I was just standing there like, first off, Nashville didn't have a team when, um, yeah. when I was growing up. Yeah. So I didn't even think of that. I was thinking of, you know, playing somewhere else, you know, just on a field professionally. And then I had scored – in Nashville and I was just standing there and I had already known where my family was at this point so I was just looking up there and I was like this is just amazing I was just trying to soak in the moment because I knew it was such a special moment because when I it didn't hit me that I was playing in Nashville till we we're on the bus ride to the stadium and I was like wow this is this is big because I've like you were saying I've always dreamed about this um, and to do it where I grew up is is an awesome moment. So we're visiting with Felipe Hernandez. Let's get to the important part now. Like you said, the, the, the team won a game on the road. And are you familiar, by the way, with the history of this club handing teams their first loss? I guess you, 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 you've heard it by yeah, now, I've right? Yeah, I've heard about it, yeah. Um, and it's just incredible that even in this year, when it's been a rough go on the road so far this year, you guys are the first ones to hand Nashville a loss in their stadium. You end a 25-match unbeaten streak. But what's more important is what you guys did, right, as you're trying to – you know, get things back on the right track around here. What are you as a team maybe most proud of in what you accomplished and how you got that done this weekend? 
I think our game plan, um, we went into the game with a specific game plan, and I think we executed it um, pretty spot on, and that's what allowed us to uh, to have success in the game. Um, defensively, we were very compact and made it hard on, um, what's his name? Mukhtar. Uh, yeah, on yeah. Mukhtar, Sabong, yeah. on those guys, because um, they didn't really, they had a few times that they got the ball in good spaces, but other than that, I think the, the back line did really well, and then... Um, they talked to the midfield line and the wingers, and then Kyrie was doing well pressing, and it was just really good defensively. And then on the ball, um, we kept the ball. We did we did what we you know we've been trying to do: keep the ball, move the ball, be patient. And I thought that was that was really well from the team. Something that Peter had pointed out coming out of the international break was just now that you guys made it through the month of May, where you had a midweek game. I think just about every week of that mm -hmm. month going into training sessions where you have a full week to prepare, you can kind of focus in on different things that, that you want to work on as a team. What have been some things maybe this month that you all have been able to focus on a little bit more to just help get results like the one in Nashville? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's big because after like this weekend we had yesterday recovery and then today would usually be match day minus one. So it'd be a lighter session, but We'd have to cram we have to cram stuff in to prepare, mm -hmm. do tactical stuff um, about the other team. But having that week long, um, you know, break in between, I guess, or training sessions in between, um, it's re it's really helpful because we get to do tactical stuff. Um, you know, we can go out there and actually play because didn't do much today because we have a game tomorrow, obviously. Um, but just the tactical stuff, um, we can do it one day and then the next day work on it consistently. But then when it's two days, it's just difficult to, uh, you know, to, to execute. One of the things that stood out to me about the game was you and Cam Duke in the middle of the park against a veteran midfield. I mean, really, you look at those guys that, you know, Sean Davis, been in the league for a long time. Dax McCarty comes into the game, been in the league for a long time. Godoy's been in the league for a long time. And you guys really, I felt like, controlled the midfield most of the game. And it was a it to me it looked like okay these are two young guys that have had a lot of responsibility dumped on their shoulders this year because of all the injuries and everything else that's happened. I feel like they're growing right in front of my eyes. I feel like you take those two kids at the beginning of the year and put them in there. It might have been a different situation. Did did you feel that way? And 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 I know it still wasn't perfect. You know you you're still growing as players. But how far do you think you guys have come? The two of you to be able to execute what you did on. Sunday I think from the beginning of the year like you said it was a it's a big step and um, I think we can continue to grow and plant by his side is you know is nice because I've known him for so long and I know his tendencies and things that he likes to do but yeah I think that as we get more games and minutes and playing time like that um, our confidence will grow and and yeah once your confidence grows and you can you know you start you start playing natural and free flow instead of just overthinking things and um, being too much in your head. What is that relationship with Duke like off the field? It kind of reminds me a little bit of like when, when Jalen and Busio started to kind of really get minutes at the same time and just yeah. started kind of achieving some of those milestones coming up through the mm -hmm. pro player pathway together. Uh, what's that relationship like? Because you guys really seem to have kind of, yeah. you know, been playing a lot together this year too. Yeah, he's, he's like my best friend on the team probably. Um, yeah, I mean, outside of outside – of soccer in the locker room we hang out um with the young guys as well like jake cave kp all those guys 
But, yeah, he's probably one of my best friends, and I spend a lot of time with him. Okay, so Felipe Hernandez is joining us now. Let's let's uh, wrap it up by looking ahead to this game tomorrow night that you referenced a couple times. Union Omaha. Not only do you guys have to do tactics in a short period of time, tactics for a team you've probably never seen play before, at least in, until you started watching some film on them. You played in USL. They're USL League One, but uh, – what do we expect? I mean, do you think is it kind of fun to play against a team you just don't know anything about, or is it? I don't know. How would you describe your your anticipation for this game tomorrow night? I think it's really exciting. Um, I haven't played in MLS as long, so I'm not seeing the same faces over and over. But from the past three years, you know, you play against kind of the same guys all yeah. the time. Um, but yeah, it's exciting because you know they're going to come in, and this is you know this is huge for them. This tournament's huge for them, so they're going to be excited. They're going to bring it all. And, um, yeah, we're not backing down. We want to win the Cup, so we're excited as well. Okay, I have one question not related to this game, but there were a lot of videos after the Nashville game of the cowboy boots. Some boot goofing, <laughs> some boot scooting. New boot goofing. Um, just, and, I, and I know all the guys you know, got a pair. My first question did you grow up wearing cowboy boots? Like, were you like the true Nashville, like cowboy boots, cowboy hat, I, like the big belt buckle, bolo tie, I don't know, all those things. Um, that's first. And then number two, just what is your recap of the locker room shenanigans with the boots? <laughs> I um, I wasn't a cowboy kind of guy. Um, <laughs> Cleats guy. Yeah, I was more of a more, more of an kind of athletic boots. guy. Yeah, <laughs> soccer boots. But, um, yeah, I actually, Daniel sits right beside me in the locker room and, they were right there, so I put them on and just started dancing, and <laughs> everyone was dancing. They were playing country music, um, and yeah, I mean, after a big win, everyone's excited. Everyone's, you know, motivated, so we're all dancing, playing country music, just jumping around, having a good time, so it was awesome. I, I, I have a feeling we're going to start seeing the cowboy boots show up in some of the arrival attire. <laughs> for I think sure. Those are Did going you get to some boots? Thing. Did everybody no, get them? No, I didn't. I think it was just four, four okay. players, yeah. Because I would, uh, honest to God, I, I believe firmly that, you know, if the whole team's doing something you don't want to be a part of or apart from you want to be a part of, I would have a serious issue on my hands. I have major problems with cowboy boots going back to Whoa. my childhood. My okay. mother Do we have time to unpack this? My <laughs> mother forced me to wear a pair of cowboy boots to fourth grade one time. My mom was obsessed with hand me downs. Any like if 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 we could get hand me down clothes in any way, shape, or form, you were going to wear these things because it was saving us money. And I was like you. I I don't want to wear cowboy boots. Nobody that I goes to school with wears cowboy boots. She forced me to wear them to school and I got made fun of the entire day at my grade school and I've never worn a pair of cowboy boots since. Even after living in a small town where everybody had cowboy boots. Uh, my wife likes country music and wants me to get a pair to go to country shows, and I absolutely refuse. So if the whole team went and I was supposed to buy them, I don't know what I'd do. Yeah. I really don't. I don't know how to pull it we're gonna we're gonna overcome this. Nate. Yeah, I don't <laughs> we're know. Gonna, we're gonna it's, get through this. It's uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe uh, that might be the thing that would get me over the hump. Hey, Johnny Felipe, Russell, I yeah. can convince you to wear a pair of cowboy boots. <laughs> if any man could, it might be Johnny. Felipe, congratulations on everything, man. It was awesome to watch you get to celebrate that moment with your family, and best of luck going forward. Thank you so much. Appreciate you guys. Felipe Hernandez. We'll find out if Jacob Peterson owns any cowboy boots right after this on the Sporting Kansas City Show. You're listening to the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. 
And we're back to wrap things up on this edition of the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB, wherever you get your podcasts and stream your video content. We appreciate you liking, subscribing, telling all your friends, and getting those numbers up, baby. We need content. We need numbers. And uh, we need you to drink Michelob Ultra because it's only worth it if you enjoy it, and you'll enjoy it. So it's worth it. Uh, I just added that part, that last part. <laughs> hey, too. I enjoyed I it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it during it, was the Was it worth it on it Sunday? Was, it was worth it. There you go. So, Even better on Father's Day. So, so, you, so when you call the game, it gives you something to do is yeah. what you're saying. Yes. All right. And I had nothing. Yeah. I was like, what do I do with my hands? <laughs> I, I didn't know what to do. So I had to I had to have a couple Michelob Ultras. Okay. So before we get into this Union Omaha game, Allie posted the question to Felipe about cowboy boots. I shared my painful, uh, tra- traumatized past with cowboy boots. What about you? You cowboy boot guy? Of course. How? Of course. I, I've got a couple pairs. I don't think I've ever seen you in a pair of cowboy boots. Yeah, but you have for that long, yeah, yeah. <laughs> our um, next I got, I got TV broadcast. Oh, I'll bust them out. Okay, I mean, uh, I think our next one is Fourth of July new weekend. New boot, Nothing's new like oh, more Americana perfect. than yeah, yeah, red, white, and blue, oh, yeah. and some cowboy boots. I, uh, I got you guys. Okay, <laughs> okay. You know what? A cut-off collared shirt. Like, let's just go <laughs> denim? all in. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. I may right. or may not. I am wearing all denim. For the game, just as uh, Jordan's getting really uncomfortable behind the camera right now. So we've gotten to the bottom. This is of what it. we do, you guys. We plan out our. Uh, I'm not wearing cowboy boots on the Fourth of July. Maybe we're gonna ever. make it happen at some point. Or ever. Uh, we gotta help move you past this. <laughs> just some things you just can't get over in life. You know, you just have to realize that one's gonna stick with you forever. And so that's where I'm at with that. Uh, all right, let's move on to this game. Union Omaha, Jacob. Um, look, they've already beaten two MLS teams. I am so excited to be calling an open cup game against somebody not named Minnesota, Houston, or Dallas. You know, like it's always those teams, and now we get to see somebody. Now it's going to take me a little more prep work because I don't know anything about any of the guys on this team yet. Um, but that's fun. Like it's fun to get to know it. What, what about you? What do you think of playing Omaha, and how much can we figure out about them before this game on uh, on Wednesday night? Well, uh, I'm starting. I've started my prep work, um, but yeah, it, it's hard because it's not it, – it's it's a team that you don't see regularly. Um, they – especially because they are in League One where, you know, it's the second division uh, of USL. They won last year the championship. Two years ago they finished second. But they also, because they've been successful, players have moved on. So now they have kind of this revamped attack, uh, if you will, and kind of figuring out, hey, what type of team are we? Yes, we won the championship last year, but we lost a lot of, of our players to USL Championship. So this year, 3-2-4, and four, kind of right around the playoff line. Haven't played as many games as these other teams in League One because of their run in the Open Cup, right? Which, I mean, anytime you beat two MLS teams, you know, sporting Kansas City players aren't going aren't gonna to sleep on them. They're, yeah. they're going to come and, and make sure that they're locked in because two are so close to, to being in a final. And it just takes that concentration. It doesn't matter who you play. If, it, if it's the best team in the league, if it's Seattle like it is on Sunday, you better be locked in to this game here. You can't overlook the, this team because they've done it twice. They, they've gone into Chicago up into Minnesota and won there. But as far as the team, good defensively. Have four shutouts uh, in their nine games, I think, played this year. Only scored 10, though. So, again, because they lost those offensive weapons, they haven't scored a lot going forward. But they've only given up eight, too, which is which is top in the league. So it's a team that I think is going to sit back and absorb pressure and then look to get out on the counter. And 
that seems to be the recipe for kind of every lower division team that, that plays against a, a first division team is you kind of absorb that pressure, hope that your goalie has a great game, hope that you are hard to break down, and then you can nip one on the counter or on a set piece. And what they do do is they when the ball goes right, wide, they have commitment to get guys into the box. So that's something that anytime the ball goes wide, you either have to make sure the outside backs get out there to block those crosses but then at the same time, the center backs and defensive mid have to lock in and make sure you locate where those runners are coming from because those are the opportunities because they don't have a lot of the ball. And mm -hmm. those are the opportunities that they really value. So Sporting have to be locked into those moments. Yeah, and from what I'm hearing, the Union Omaha fans are going to mm -hmm. show out in this game. And it's we know awesome. how a lot, is which awesome. is so great. great. Yeah. Like that's such yeah. a uh, – it's Come so great down. for the Open Cup, for, for – them and just this matchup I think it's going to be a really great crowd but you know this is an inspired team like you said they've already beat two MLS teams are playing with house money right now they don't really have much to lose they've already even if their open cup run ended tomorrow it's still going to be considered a, a successful run because of what they overcame so for sporting like you said I think it's just that concentration but you know we've seen young guys get opportunities now in the open cup and, and to see how you know those players take those opportunities if they you know, are to get them on Wednesday. And then I'm I'm going to be watching Daniel Shalloway. I, I think he's uh, maybe got a few goals in him after coming back from, you know, maybe a disappointing run uh, with the national team and not getting a lot of the opportunities there. I, I think he's going to be someone. And I think he has an opportunity to tie Dom Dwyer for most open cup goals uh, for Sporting Kansas City in club history. So I feel like he's going to try to go for that. So there's actually a great historic connection between Omaha and Kansas City in the sports world. Um, and a couple of them that I'll give you guys since I'm the, I'm the old hair with Kansas City. But the AAA affiliate for the Kansas City Royals has almost, as long as I can remember, been in Omaha. They used to be the Omaha Royals. Now they're the Omaha Storm Chasers. But I, and maybe it, it was a different affiliate at some point in time. But all I ever remember my entire life is the Omaha Royals. And, and so the minor leaguers that would come back and forth, you know, from, from there. Did you guys know there was actually a period in the NBA where there was a team called the Kansas City Omaha Kings? Because I, do I, now. I, I knew about the yeah. King, but I didn't know about the Omaha. If, if you if you want to find a real OG like uh, retro logo, you can find ones that say Kansas City Omaha because they like split a home between Kansas City and Omaha. And I think this is kind of a cool new chapter because Omaha is in the Sporting Kansas City umbrella when you look at the affiliate programs with all mm -hmm. the youth teams. And for those of you that don't know, if you're listening to this podcast and you love Sporting Kansas City, I think this is kind of, you know, some point in time we should go back to doing this and having some interviews with some of the people in the organization that work on this. But there are people whose job it is to spend time in Omaha yeah. and spend time in Wichita working with all of the people that work for the clubs there. There is a, you can play for Sporting Omaha. Mm -hmm. um, and they do things that they can to put on watch parties at the bars in, in, in that town. So a lot of these Union Omaha fans are probably also Sporting Kansas City fans. Now they're going to have to pick a team, you know, for this one. But I think that's kind of cool. That's kind of fascinating, too, that you, this, is a, this is part of what Sporting Kansas City want to be their umbrella where they have kids that they're raising to mm -hmm. learn to love the game in the Sporting Kansas City way, and they've got part of their culture, this USL team is going to come down here and play. Well, and Ozzy Cisneros, too, is yep. from yep. Omaha. Yep. Perfect and, example. And, and a yeah. guy who who would be playing probably in this game, or at least very likely if he wasn't hurt. Yeah, he at least certainly have a chance, might. Yeah. You know? um, but I do think that, that that's something that it's probably – you're going to have Omaha fans who, yes, they support their, their local team, but they are – three years or four years in existence. So before that, if they were soccer fans, they're probably rooting for sporting. 
So yeah. it's going to be this kind of cool thing. And I think cup competitions, and, and we don't get it a lot in, in MLS just because of the distance. But in England, when you have the traveling fans and you have that, you know, that section where it's roped off for the, the away supporters, like I – I loved playing yeah. in those games when when we go to Colorado or Dallas or Chicago and the Rodron was there in huge numbers. I mean, sometimes we'd have you know more fans than than FC Dallas supporters, but those games are so cool. And to me, that's that's what soccer is about is having kind of those competing uh, chance in the stadium. So I, I'm excited. I'm excited for this one, and I, I hope a lot of those Omaha fans come down. Good Rodron in Nashville as well, by the way, for this one. You know, chance yeah. to go there for the first time. But, yeah, it's going to be a whole lot of fun as Sporting Kansas City take on Union Omaha Wednesday night, tomorrow night as, uh, as we're taping this show, 7.30. Uh, our pregame coverage will start on Sports Radio 810 WHB at 8 o'clock. Right into the play-by-play. Get your tickets at SportingKC.com. It's a quarterfinal game. That means it's single elimination. Somebody's going to win. Somebody's going to lose. Chance to go to the semifinals of the Open Cup tomorrow night. So for Jacob Peterson, Ali Trost, Jordan Burrell running it with the fancy new camera, and Felipe Hernandez for joining us. This is Nate Bucati saying so long, and thanks for listening to the Sporting Kansas City Show. We'll see you right back here next week.